Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to experience the Gut Check Project, talking science, health, and innovation that you can actually use. But this isn't just another health show. We're here to have fun and make your time enjoyable. Well, while you are enjoying yourself, know that even though the GCP covers some health topics with healthcare pros, we are not your doctors. So use our show to entertain your mind and not for medical advice. And now, here are your hosts of the Gut Check Project, Dr. Ken Brown and Eric Rieger. Hello, Gut Check Project fans and KBMD Health family. I'm your host, Eric Rieger, here on the Gut Check Project, joined by this guy, Dr. Kenneth Brown. But, Ken, before we get into how we're doing like we normally do, this, that, and the other, did you see our website lately? I have seen our website lately. If you haven't seen our website lately, it's here. The KBMD SIBO support box is now available for people to actually order. The last time we talked about it on the show, we didn't quite have everything worked out, but we think now we do. Yeah, and this is really exciting because we've already sold quite a few of these. Uh, people just coming into my office and doing it. It's Once again, it's a SIBO support box. It comes in an AM and a PM pack, so all you do is just tear off your pack. This is what I've, been, I've actually been taking it, and I love it because every morning I just wake up and I just tear off the pack, stick it in my pocket, when I have my first meal, I pop these in because it has atrantil, diamine oxidase, which lowers the histamine that I'm eating. I'm already noticing a difference. I didn't realize I've probably been having some histamine reactions. And then, of course, the immunoglobulin, which if you don't know what that is, if you've ever taken colostrum or bovine IgG, this is IgY. It's a more stable form of the immunoglobulin. We're getting great feedback, and I'm super excited because this is a month a month supply, and I've already had multiple patients come in and purchase another one. And I'm like, okay, so now we know something's working. I've always kind of felt like whenever I would like recommend a product, if a patient didn't come back and repurchase it, I'm like, ah, it's not there. That's why I got super into CBD because when I started in CBD, people would come back and be like, I want more of that. I'm like, all right. And uh, there's been some what I would call pleasant side effects that we've had people talk about. And we... I don't want to get into all of them. I'll just say we've had people who've given us feedback on their own personal experiences of eczema or sleep deprivation where they feel like that they are finding a good adjunct to give them a little bit more relief. Yeah, so in addition to gut issues, we know that gut health, basically all health begins and ends in the gut. And when we fix the gut, we have a lot of improvements in skin issues, eczema, rosacea, and this is the kind of feedback we're getting. We saw that with Atrantil, but we're getting more feedback here because of the synergistic mechanism mm-hmm. of these ingredients working together. 100%. So we won't, we're not spending the whole episode on this, but of course, just wanted to let everyone know if you haven't had an opportunity, the KBMD SIBO support box is now available at kbmdhealth.com. That's kbmdhealth.com. At the very top, you'll see... Uh, shop and or store in your little menu bar. It'll take you straight to it. And I believe currently right now it's lined up as item number one. Yeah. And for everybody that purchases a box on the rebuy, we know that um, Eric will send you a picture and he will just slowly unbutton each one of these buttons for every box that you purchase. So the goal here, it's like a, like a punch card. See if you can get him to completely unbutton all the buttons. If you've ever been interested in what it looks like to see an old man who's hairless, this is perfect. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for the support. And now we know that uh, it's fully available here at KBMD Health. So, Ken, what's going on? 
Uh, well, it's the holidays right now. I hope your Christmas is good. Ours is good. We're I'm all ready to move Lucas to the University of Texas on Monday. That's so, a big move, man. Yeah, man. He's going to college, and he's so ready. That's what I just love. Him and I have been talking a lot about it. He's just ready. He's ready to make a difference on the tennis team, men's tennis. So if you listen to us, start being a fan of men's tennis. And uh, actually, uh, I think his roommate's a golfer there, so men's golf as well. So we're going to be big proponents. We'll be talking about tennis and golf in the UT system. I know that you're a Red Raider. I get that. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to ask you to at least follow a little men's tennis at UT. I will follow anything Lucas does. I mean, he's a, he's a fantastic kid. And um, he comes from a pretty good family. You may have heard of him. Anyway. A good mom. Mediocre <laughs> yeah, dad. Great, yeah. Great. <laughs> a modest. An a great sister. Modest, yeah. yeah great incredible sister, sister. Good mom. Mediocre dad. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true parent. Um, anyhow, I, I just love the fact that you and I kind of get to have these mirroring, mirroring uh experiences uh our kids aren't that far apart in age we both get to experience a lot of the same things as they happen and talk about them i think a lot of that's some of the fun stuff that you and i just get to kind of kick around what's it like dealing with uh you know kids at this age their experiences and different things like that i'm i'm going through that now i've, I've got the kids coming home yeah. for christmas which yeah. was fantastic we had a great time and you know you get to talk about uh you know being a, a mediocre dad and uh, you and i get to talk about that a lot <laughs> Kids come home and be like, well, we've met a lot of other people now, and, well, thanks for trying, Dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here's a participation ribbon. <laughs> no, it, it was uh, much like you. Holidays were great. Uh, had Gage and Mac home. Lainey came. Uh, got to see Kaylee, who is uh, uh, Mac's current love interest, and she is wonderful. And uh, regardless, just, just a great time at home with, uh, with the kids. I love it. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, so today's episode, episode 94, this one, I'm going to call the expose episode. I got sent down a rabbit hole by none other than Rob Wolf. Oh, yeah. Friend of the show, Rob Wolf. Yeah, friend of the show, Rob Wolf, author, New York Times bestselling author, um, the movie director, I guess you would say, because he has Sacred Cow. The Jiu-Jitsu badass. Jiu-Jitsu badass, yeah. He goes by many, many titles. But <laughs> I saw a... Um, Instagram post by him, and I just went, oh, shit, we are so going to do this. Okay. His post reads, hat tip to at Max Lugavir. Okay. He's the uh, uh, health hacker podcaster. Genius Foods. Yeah. Author. Yeah. Uh, super, super, you got a great podcast, super cool guy, was on um, Joe Rogan recently. Right. And uh, it, it reads... Hat tip to at Max Lugavere. Please list any conflicts of interest in quotes. We have all the conflicts of interest, which is funny. That's how it, that's how it opens. Okay. And then the next line is the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, formerly the American Dietetics Association, is the largest organization of nutritional of nutrition professionals. It also has a long history of collabing with the food industry. Oh, yeah. So that's how he opens up. Okay. And then the rest of it is a few references. And so I had, I immediately bid on this and I got the article that they're referencing. So we're deep diving on this. And your job is to not let me get too, too far because this is like one of these things where I'm calling it the expose episode because, oh shit, no effing way this is going on and nobody's talking about it like so, that 
Um, if y'all have watched many Gut Check Project episodes where it's just Ken and I, it's almost always that he will not reveal what the topic is. And this uh, this is probably for good reason because I've made reference on this this last few episodes going to Fincy, which is This the, is so your wheelhouse. Yeah. That's why I didn't bring it up because you're just going to... You're, you're going to love it. We just, we, I just experienced a lot of conflict of interest yeah, while so, we were there. So tell everybody, you were, you went and represented Atron Teal at this conference called Fincy. Explain what happened while you were there. So this year was the first year in, uh, I, I believe, since pre-pandemic that they've had a, uh, a large conference show. It was in Orlando. Uh, Mike and I and, and Nick went to the show uh, in 2019, and that one was in Philadelphia. And... Um, Highly attended, around 10,000 people then. This this time around, probably 3,500, maybe 4,000. But this is, the, this is the Dietetics Association meeting, correct? correct? Yes, okay. correct. And, and FNCE for short, I can't remember what FNCE is, but it's the official name of the Dietetics uh, Expo that they, that they host every year. And this year it was in Orlando. Um, but I can tell you, especially with some good friends that we have of our research and things that we've collaborated with people, for instance, Susan Linky, she and a lot of the very experienced, highly intelligent old guard um, dietitians who've been at this for a few decades and have been mentoring other people. And then those people who've been following them and, and taking part in that kind of uh, education and certainly that level of research, they were really perturbed at some of the people who were allowed to represent and be advertisers within the conference. What? Yeah, some of them of note... There's always going to be debate about different sources of grains. And then there's going to be some debate between standard and then non-GMO and organic. But a lot of that comes down to what's readily accessible and affordable for certain people. So you still have to talk about the different categories. I think where people began to get their feathers ruffled, and I agree with them, one, there were a lot of people at this particular show, not in 2019, but definitely this one, who were anti-animal meat, animal products, which is asinine. Uh, I mean, we've got these sharp canine teeth, you know, for a reason. We need vitamin B and all of the different complexes of vitamin B, but that's that's one subject matter. Another was high-pressed seed oils. We had high-pressed seed oils like rapeseed, which is often now referred to as canola oil, but don't, don't kid yourself. It's rapeseed oil is what it is. There's various vegetable oils that were represented there. There was safflower sunflower oil and not every single expression of all of those oils is always dangerous but in most instances certainly in high volume in all of the foods that we eat it is it's inflammatory it's caustic and it's not good for you so there were several dietitians who were perturbed and 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 vocal about it that this is not the kind of stuff that used to fly here but apparently now it does and more than likely, every single one of those is probably heavily influenced with some type of monetary exchange, a little bit of... Uh, what? Come on, man. This is the most prestigious academy that teaches mm. our dietitians, which is a difficult degree to get. Yeah. Well, before I go any further and make dietitians feel like that I'm kicking their organization in the nuts, I'm not. I already don't like my own organization for anesthesia because I feel like they capitulate. I feel like the AMA does the same thing. And we can go through the list of everyone who is, (laughs) this is the face of Ken's Sark. This is why he's, (laughs) he's a really good actor. 
um, the sarcastic surprise of of what I'm saying. Uh, oh. If I was an actor, they'd be like, "All right, Ken, can we uh, can we have a little more fear, less sarcasm?" Yeah. Okay. Can we have a little more excitement, less sarcasm? Oh man, shoot, dog it, guy. <laughs> I'm like Blue Steel, and yeah. what's it? Oh, Zoolander. That's yeah, the one yeah, look Blue's I have. Yeah, yeah. Sarcasm. Oh man. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think a lot of a lot of the trusted organizations that we've had have been compromised, and we're in a day and age where we need to be cognizant. You need to be cognizant of of things that you hear, and unfortunately, everything just as you peel back the onion, everything's for sale. Ah, okay. So I'm, let's take it off from there. So you had a real life story watching yeah, vendors definitely that retail our audience to not even mess with at all. Correct. And they were supporters of this conference. Yes. Okay. And what I find interesting is you said that some of the people were saying it's, we're now seeing it more. I'm going to do this expose. And this is, if you're struggling with your weight, if you're somebody that has autoimmune issues and you're oh, like, well, yeah. I'm doing everything that my dietitian says, and this is not a bash on dietitians at all. At what all. this is, is this is a straight up assault on the organization that you as a dietitian or nutritionist pay money to get your certification. When you hear the shit that I'm going to drop right now, it will make you sick. So I'm, I literally was reading through this. And so Eric's job is to keep me calm down and just give me a Xanax as I go through this. Cause this is absolute bullshit. Let's just jump in. Okay. Ease up, Sidewinder. <laughs> all right. There we go. <laughs> all right. So this is all based off of Rob Wolf's, uh, post on Instagram, hats off to Max Lugavere, who did a much longer post mm. about this article. And now, because we have a format, and I'm sure they're doing it on their podcast also, we're gonna, I pulled the article itself and did a deep dive. Oh, okay. It's a thick, deep expose that could easily be one of those like long format podcasts that are like 10 episodes, mm -hmm. you know, like how I caught the killer kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is, there's a lot going on here. All right. The title of the article is The Corporate Sponsorship of American Dietetics and Nutrition Society. The Corporate Capture of the Nutrition Profession in the USA, The Case of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, published October 2022 in a journal called The Public Health Nutrition. Okay. Okay. So everything that Eric just said is 100% true about how large um, interest groups. Basically, there's extensive literature that already shows how unhealthy commodity corporations are involved in oh. setting health policy and research agendas globally. They use argumentative-based strategies to influence science and policies surrounding public health efforts to protect mm -hmm. supposedly the well-being and health of people. It is well known that corporations lobby and litigate against health policies and capture science by recruiting and hiring scientists to influence public discourse and position corporate interests. Look all the way back to the sugar industry. 100%. And I mean, some of the, some of the more, I don't even know if you'll get to this, but some of the, if you're playing along, who is Ken describing? So he already said the sugar industry, but that actually happened to be one of the very, very first ones. And now looking back at it, just regular sugar is probably one of the more noble ones because you're, they were just after regular sugar. Some of those others, though, uh, your Archer Daniels Midland, your Cargill, your Monsanto, these 
these are the guys who have put themselves in one hell of a position with a lot of the stuff. So, Ken, keep going. I'm not going to calm you down. All right. So, one key strategy that these corporations use is to capture health professionals and health institutions <laughs> as a vehicle to achieve its own interests more broadly. 100%. This article that we're going to look into does an incredibly deep investigative dive into the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, specifically this one academy, and it is fascinating. From now on, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, I'll refer to as A-N-D, A-N-D, and, so, fantastic institution. Little background on the A-N-D. It was first founded in 1917 as the American Dietetic Association and then changed its name to AND. It's the largest U.S.-based organization comprised of food and nutritional professionals. It has over 100,000 dietitians and nutrition practitioners and students. It is registered as a nonprofit 501c Three. business or 501, it said 501c, but it's still nonprofit. So yeah. I think there's different forms. Yeah. Um, the, it also is the only place that you you can become certified as a dietitian and nutrition practitioner in the USA and globally. Huh. They control the certifications. Weird. Their mission is to accelerate improvements in global health and well-being through food and nutrition. Yay! And it acts as a reference for dietetics curriculum, accreditation, and as an authority in the U.S. food policy making. I mean, we're off to a rocky start. But, I mean, that's you want a company like this doing this, right? The A&D <laughs> also provides expert testimony and position statements for federal and state regulations on critical food and nutrition issues. And these guys are so good, they also founded a philanthropic arm called the AND Foundation, which is also a charitable organization and does not receive member dues and only relies on donations. And it is supposedly just to focus on scholarship awards in the science of food and nutrition, augmenting research and public relation. Of note, A&D and A&D Foundation report jointly and their annual activities without a very clear distinction between each other. And they also uh, share the same staff, including the same chief executive officer. How weird. And the same chief of operations. Okay, maybe, maybe that's a little sketchy, but other than that, everything sounds amazing. Yeah, but they're definitely different. But they're definitely different. Yeah. And they're filed under different tax bubbles, yeah. but they're definitely different. Yeah. Okay. But Separate. they seem to have quite a bit of overlap. So it sounds like a really cool and fantastic organization to improve the health of all Americans. Thank goodness <laughs> the A&D society exists and thank goodness they're certifying our dietitians. So we know that they are in capable, good hands. Okay. I mean, I think we can see where the cracks in the trust foundation are here. Uh, You've, <laughs> you've got a vehicle that just allows random donations in order to support scholarship. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? There would be absolutely no company that would want to curry favor with several new up-and-coming and moldable students by, I don't know, helping drive their 
their education by supplying the books and the authors to give that information. Could they? That just that just helps educate them, Eric. It, oh, that's not nefarious at all. But uh, I will uh. say, um, throughout the years, this is why when you said in 2019 they didn't see it, which is really interesting that it's visible in the in the conference you went to. Sure, there's a lot of shit that's behind that's been behind the scenes for quite a while. Now. I believe that. And so throughout the years, the A and D has been repeatedly criticized for very close ties to food and beverage corporations like Coca-Cola, PepsiCo, General Mills, and there was actually a critical report published. And I don't remember where it was published, New York Times or something, in 2013 about their ties to corporations. And then in 2015, the A&D Foundation announced the partnership with the food company Kraft that this partnership was to promote healthy <laughs> options to include children's menus. So I just use that as a teaser because the rest of this article is truly like whoever did this busted their ass and we're going to contact the lead author of this because kudos to you because they went deep in this stuff. All right. So let me, that's just the background I'm giving you. So this study is the first ever to do a deep investigative style journalism to obtain and review internal communication and interactions with the food and beverage industry, as well as uncovered significant interactions with pharmaceutical companies and agribusiness industries. So these people went through a bunch of old emails through the Freedom of Information Act and without going too deep right away, emerging themes immediately showed up, like the use of revolving doors between A&D's board of directors that had corporate interests and investments of A&D funds in these corporations. It was also quickly notable that corporations were financing early career nutritionists and their research, and they interfered with A&D position papers on key nutrition-related topics and themes, and they found that corporations led to the shaping of internal politics that benefit the corporate partners. That's just what they first layer. That's layer one that they uncovered immediately. It's a, it's a playbook that's ubiquitous throughout these regulation-style uh, groups, associations. It happens, in, it happens in CDC. It happens in FDA with them and, and uh, pharma executives. I, this is no different. This is no different. You know what's different is they heard everybody's outcry. Remember when I said in 2013, a report was published, and in yeah. 2014 or 15, they did the craft. So remember, this report was published in 2013 that was denouncing A&D's close relationship. So they did something that's really important. They started a sponsorship advisory task force within the A&D to improve its corporate sponsorship guidelines, and they made that public. Okay. So they said, well, we hear you. We hear you. <laughs> we hear you. And you want to know what? We made a task force of the same effing people that are on the board working for the foundation, on the advisory board. We're all yeah. the task force. Yeah, we're our own cops. We're our own cops. So were you going to show me something? Well, or? no, I just, I, I, when you said that, uh, that craft, what, it was a little sidebar here, craft. 
what's their probably most famous product that people buy the most of? What do you think of when you think of Kraft? Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese, of course you do. And let's see, I just decided on, on a whim here, what would be the ingredients within Kraft's <laughs> Ma macaroni and cheese? And we talk a lot on here about what, you know, what different types of things you should look to put into your body whenever you're eating. And I'm just, oh, okay. So just a quick run through on Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. Their number one seller, the partner of the A&D, the, the backbone of... Keep this in mind because... Kraft plays a pretty big role later on in this whole story. Enriched wheat flour. Already we've kind of got a little bit of an issue mm -hmm. with that. Glycerol, monosterate, niacin, iron. Iron's good. Vitamins B and B2. Okay. Folic acid. Ah, a little liffy there. Probably should be folate. You know, we'll try to address these as they come along. But then you get straight into whey and then corn syrup, palm oil, maltodextrin, a synthetic uh, sugar, modified food starch. I mean, I remember with my grandparents walking down in the pasture going to the modified food starch tree Yeah, and picking all the such modified a, food starch fruits. Such a beautiful tree. <laughs> it really was. It was modified <laughs> straight for us. <laughs> Naturally modified, of course. Salt, milk fat. Okay, that's normal. Milk protein concentrate, not a big deal. Calcium carbonate, it's okay. But basically, you can go down and you'll find that other synthetic whey protein concentrates, that doesn't sound normal, citric acid, guar gum, sodium phosphate, lactic acid, some of these are stabilizers, I understand that, and some of them are completely natural stabilizers, I understand that, but if you go back here and you- Wait, wait what makes up the cheese? Does it have the ingredients for the cheese? Ooh. I would imagine it's part, it, this is a comprehensive list that I'm reading from. I think there's some other parts that are in here. I'll bring that up later. Keep okay. in mind in the cheese. Uh, milk, um, apocartanol. I don't know that I know that one. Artificial flavor. Sounds good. Artificial colors, yellow five and six. That way, if you put them together, you get yellow 11, I think. Yellow 11. I don't know. That's... I like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you don't want just five and six. You could add them together. No. I mean, honestly, oh, enzymes. I'm sure those are fine. Cheese culture and natural flavor. I always like the ones that just say, hey, it's natural. We got some artificial flavors. Yeah, we got some natural. natural. Hey, what are you asking about <laughs> over here? Come on. <laughs> it's keep them moving. Just go to the, uh, just go look at a pretty tree. So where Cargill comes into things, Cargill is a um, historically... I mean, they, they've done a lot of food science over time. The Cargill family started it, and they've, they've been in food for a very long time, but they are known for the emulsifiers. So you get into additives. So you've got glycerol monosterate, or GMS, and it's a, a, a thickening agent. You can go through a bunch of different things, but there are natural stearates, and then there are synthetic stearates, and they're basically stearate is the way they talk about a, a salt that's been made for something to exist. Medium chain triglycerides, MCTs. It's just, <laughs> there's nothing I'm going to tell you that's going to make it sound like it's very appetizing when you begin to break it down. It's not what I would consider to be a healthy food. They're actually health, far healthier versions 
of box macaroni and cheese. Annie's makes an organic kind that's very, very plain and doesn't have all this bullshit in it. And I'm not trying to plug Annie's. I'm just saying that when my kids, when they come home, they decide they want macaroni and cheese, I spend the 52 cents extra, which I think is the cost difference between Kraft and their version and Annie's organic. I can understand the ingredients version. So I'm going to contact the um, the newly formed advisory task force at the A&D, which was formed to improve its corporate sponsorship guidelines mm. and that they made public. We have a task force now uh, because they're going to say, look, <laughs> appreciate the Gut Check Project contacting us about getting better mac and cheese. Well, what these journalists discovered is after they made that public, uh-huh. they, they discovered documents, internal documents gathered that didn't stop their corporate ties at all. They continued to completely engage with corporations by investing A&D funds in the shares of Nestle, PepsiCo, and multiple pharmaceutical company stocks. They accepted corporate contributions without disclosing their size. Shocking. And they allowed board of director members to work for or consult for companies with interests that directly conflict with the mission of the A&D. So, uh, obviously, it was all monetarily driven. Oh, my gosh. Documents showed that there were discussions among these corporations and internal policies within the board of directors to fit the industry needs, ignoring the work of the sponsorship advisory task force. Well, just just take, take what you're saying. I mean, my gosh, come on. Remember when we had the episode talking about high fructose corn syrup and we had uh we had that one mention of some conflicting data but then we were easily able to debunk it just through research and through science yeah. and, and what we could tell that it does and of course we didn't even touch on something we learned later is that uh overconsumption of high fructose corn syrup could actually lower your vitamin d levels your active vitamin d levels that's a completely different offshoot but a and d doesn't recognize that and so ultimately the high fructose corn syrup industry themselves were the ones in just this particular scenario who were getting the dietetics, the, the dietetics association to not make uh, derogatory comment on high fructose corn syrup. This is where this poor influence comes from. And it's not an influence of your health, the public's health. This is an influence of how can we get people to keep buying these subsidized pieces of shit. Absolutely. These subsidized pieces of shit. So if you're sitting here listening to this and you're like, I'm doing everything my doctor says, I still feel like shit. I've got all these autoimmune diseases. I'm putting on weight because unfortunately your doctor is sending you to somebody who believes that they're being taught this. They're paying good money to do it. They're getting it from an authority. They're getting it from an authority. All right. So. In 2017, after unprecedented pressure from members, the Susan Linkies said, man, F you guys, something's up here, and the general public, the board of directors presented to its members a new mission statement (laughs) and vision (laughs) with principles, which was called Guidelines for Corporate Sponsors and Guiding Principles of the Academy's Corporate Sponsorship Program. Awesome. They're finally cleaning up their act. Yay. That's so cool. <laughs> Bullshit. So as it turns out, the A&D continued to accept corporate funding. Now, this is look at what's happening. Every time they go, man, you guys are bullshit. And they go, we formed a new committee. 
Yeah. We're all good now, people. Yeah. And then they don't do anything different. <laughs> we have a new resolution. It's we have a new good. resolution. <laughs> it continued to accept corporate funding and engage in corporate sponsorships, such as <laughs> fundraising effort and the sponsorships for students and dietitians. Say it again. Remember at the very beginning, they accepted it and made sure that they got to the influential people that are learning about all this stuff. They set the tone early. All right. So now that's the gist of this whole thing. What I want to get into is some of the juicy details of what they found because it's only fair because the journalists that did this busted their ass to find some of this stuff. So some of the key details are kind of fun. Okay. And one of them involves craft, so we might as well go there. All right, let's go. All right, so this is part, like I mentioned, could be better suited on like one of those podcast series where like How I Caught the Killer. Because yeah. this would be like, this is the, you know, this one, like each one of these things I could talk about, they went into so much detail that it's pretty cool. And I bring this up, so much detail, so much detail, because in Max Lugavere's reference to an article, I have that article also from The Guardian, they contacted A&D, who basically said, that's that's BS. They just took snippets. They didn't do whatever. No, they didn't just do snippets. They were quoting them. They have quotes. So let's just look at this, and it's pretty damn juicy. Uh, for instance, they mentioned somebody who was part of the A&D board for many years, and her name was Donna Martin. What's up, Donna? <laughs> who has several corporate connections. She even served as president of A&D, and from 2017 to 2018, there's an email where she was responding to the fact of the uh, some of the money that's being used, nonprofit money being uh, used as investments on uh, some of the portfolio that they had. And in her quote, she says, everything looks good to me. The only problem I saw was the PepsiCo, and it's one of our top 10 stocks. I personally like PepsiCo. have no problem with them and us owning it. In fact... I would wonder if anybody will say something about it, but I would personally also buy Coke stock. So, for instance, now this is the least juicy of them all, so we're going to build up to juiciness. Mm -hmm. So, uh, for instance, (laughs) they um, found a bunch of internal documents, and one of them that they were discussing at A&D was a board member named Donna Martin. She's been with the A&D for a really long time. What's up, Donna? She's worked her way up. She's been through, and she's had multiple corporate connections, and at one time, she even served as the president. Uh, And from 2017 to to 2018, there was an email where she was trying to figure out how to justify the investment portfolio of a nonprofit A&D and some of the things that they invested in. And this is, she's quoted as saying, everything looks good to me. The only problem I saw was with PepsiCo. It's one of our top 10 stocks. I personally like PepsiCo and have no problem with us owning it. I wonder if anybody will say something about it. I personally would be okay if we also owned Coke stock. Okay, okay. so you're making a little money. You're, you want you, the <laughs> nonprofit A&D to invest money in PepsiCo and Coke. Okay. So a little bit juicy, not too juicy. And then it was uncovered that another director at A&D named Milton Stokes, this is where you're going to really like this. Okay, let's go Milton. Was a former employee at Monsanto. Shocker, freaking shocker. From 2014 to 2020. 
when he was, uh, I'm sorry, he was an employee at Monsanto in 2014, and then up to 2020, he was the global lead public affairs of a company called Bear Crop Science. Yeah. This is a subsidiary of Bear, who now owns oh, Monsanto. Monsanto. Yeah. Yeah. They do. How about that? So as soon as he came on board, Monsanto donated $395,000. Like, welcome aboard, my friend. Here you go. Disgusting. And in 2015, Monsanto contributed. Is it Monsanto or Monsanto? Does it matter? I like your version, Monsanto. It sounds more accusatory. Yeah. What's up, Monsanto? Yeah. So (laughs) I'm I'm making them sound fancy. And then Monsanto said this. No, Monsanto. Screw you, Monsanto. uh, Contributed $175,000 for the foundation's Future of Food Initiative. And then that same year, Monsanto established an advisory group with 14 former A&D board members hired several A&D members as spokespeople to serve a two-year contractual basis as communication advisors for them. There's even emails showing that Milton Stokes pointed out that Monsanto is committed to supporting the academy financially, and he personally recruited A&D members to raise the visibility of the nutrition and dietetics community with Monsanto directly in line of that. And then he points out that Monsanto would like to take A&D's scientific officers to learn more about genetically modified organisms in Africa is where they want to take them for some of reason. Of course they do. There's there's a lot to get to. I want you to get through all of the points because there's there's a there's, there's a big thing that goes on with this bullshit. Yeah, it's total bullshit. All right, so now let's look at the corporate sponsorships. So uh, these are just a couple tiny little examples of the type of emails that they were uncovering, which I find super interesting because now the article will do a really deep dive into the Academy's corporate financial contributions and its corporate investments. Um, this is the part I really want to lean into and the, the A&D has maintained, remember they made committees. They said, we're going to be, we're going to show total transparency on this. We're going to have a policy on how we're going to deal with this. The A&D has maintained financial ties to food, pharmaceutical and agribusiness corporations, despite continued criticism by members that pay to be part of the A&D, and they are required to be certified yeah. through the same effing organization. Yeah. You're paying your damn money, and they're literally ignoring what you're saying. And they're going, we're just going to keep taking the money from these guys over here, and we're going to tell you that Monsanto, pharmaceuticals, and agribusiness are great, but you still have to pay us, and you can't practice unless we certify you. Think of that bullshit. Well, on top of that, let's just think of the fact that you've got all of those members who oppose certain direction that the group is taking. That is the certifying agency. They're taking and they're taking money which buys influence from these corporate interests. Those are the same people who are approving the continuing education hours and curriculum. Yeah. So essentially, even for those who've already graduated from school, they are still trying, at least at some level, to condition you to accept these new lines of thinking, which basically favor the corporate interests of these people who don't, excuse me, who do not have an interest in your health or the people that you treat, period. 
They don't. It's all about more sales for them. Yeah. And, you know, in the rebuttal that they tried to give to the Guardian, they were saying, hey, we have a couple people that donate a few bucks to us. And, you know, the rest of it's all good. You guys are focusing on the negative. These guys have five pages in this 10-page paper where all they do is list <laughs> alphabetically some of the sponsors. And I went through it super fast. So this is like 1% of the ones that they actually listed. We're just going to go through them really quick. Okay. okay. Yeah. And then as I say the company, I'll give you four seconds to basically say like what industry they're in. Okay. Okay. All right. Ready? <laughs> Abbott Healthcare. That is definitely pharmaceutical. AbbVie Pharmaceutical Company. That's probably pharmaceutical. Allergan Pharmaceutical Company. I think they're a pharmaceutical company. Aptalis Pharmaceutical Company. Last I heard they were in pharmaceuticals. Aramark Food Distribution Company. That is technically food, but nobody wants to eat that shit. <laughs> Baxter Healthcare Corporation. Another farm company. Oh, Canola Council. Let's just say that their plant's called Rapeseed. <laughs> They're raping your health. Oh, Cargill. Yeah, we just talked about them. They do emulsifiers. They like to blend in the food that you don't, well, that you that you like and make it not digestible. So there's that. Coca-Cola. If you like hot fructose corn syrup, they can be your best friend. Conagra. Another farm. Well, basically, it's like it's like bare plant science. They yeah. they handle all the car, uh, the crop science. GMO. Domino Foods. Shit. <laughs> Dupont. If you like plastic, they're your, they're your guy. <laughs> Eli Lilly. Another drug pharma junkie. Gatorade. Sugar. General Mills. They got some good stuff, but a lot of it is enriched flour. Yep. Glaxo, Glaxo Smith Klein. Yeah. Uh, another uh, farm company. Hershey. I mean, they probably once were a good chocolate company. Yeah. I mean, I will. I want to defend Hershey because. I have seen that they're getting more, they're, they're starting to get more into the, they've got a health arm. So Hershey, don't totally ignore us here. I think there's some good still in you. <laughs> there's some, still some good in Hershey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is, there's a little bit of good in every single one of these. Heck, there's yes. probably a lot of good people that work at all these places, but their corporate direction is shit. Janssen Pharmaceuticals. Yep. Pharma. Johnson and Johnson Pharma. Pharmaceuticals. Kellogg. They, I mean, if you like grains. Monsanto. Not good. Yeah, and so GMO. Yeah. That's all GMO. That's actually. Oh wait, was I saying Hershey? Yeah, I meant Nestle. I thought Nestle and Hershey were the same thing. Then Nestle is the company I'm thinking. Nestle's a, bit, a sponsor oh, also. Ne ne yeah, yeah. So Hershey's chocolate. I get that. You guys, we still need chocolate. I guess that's not, not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, but they're sponsoring the. Ameri I mean, come on, the Dietetics Association. You know, they don't have to make their chocolate with canola oil. They don't have to make their chocolate with vegetable oil. They don't have to do high fructose corn syrup. They could go back to natural origin of these food products that they make and do that. Yeah. So y'all could choose to do that. And then a few others. We'll just round it out. Remember, this is literally like 1% of this list. PepsiCo. Gross. Ooh, I that's love... Taco Bell and Pizza Hut, by the way, and KFC. You know what? You know, like when you're out there and you've got like, I mean, whatever you, whatever you do, you like, you get hot summer day. And you mow the lawn mm -hmm. and you come in and there is nothing like pouring yourself a Pharmavite soy joy. Oh. Never had that thought. 
So Pharmavite Soy Joy is a huge sponsor. I know. Well, Soy Joy. Yeah. If you're uh, if you're a man and you want a gynecomastia, this is your company. <laughs> if you are too masculine, you yeah. walk in yeah. and start drinking Soy Joy. <laughs> if you if you would like your your PR and bench to go down, Soy Joy. <laughs> If you're too strong, too many erections, soy joy. <laughs> oh, so. We're just knocking down all potential sponsors, <laughs> just so you know it. Now, I love this because we talked, one of my favorite episodes, please look at it because they have a great, a great cause. When we had Ryan Birdman Parrot. Mm. Ryan Birdman Paradon, and we were talking about trying to find him sponsors. He said, you know, our biggest problem is we have a lot of people trying to sponsor us, but what we don't believe in their health mission. Yeah. One of them that wants to sponsor them, and I nobly they're like, we like that, but that's not what we really want our veterans taking, that sponsors the A&D is yeah. Red Bull North Red Bull. America. Yeah. yeah. And then Pharmaceutical Sanofi Aventus. <laughs> So I was like, oh my gosh, is there anybody on this list that like is doing good? And then I found them. I Who's found that? the one person. Who's that? Which, it's <laughs> I just found this so damn funny. Shasta. Shasta? Shasta Sales, North America. I didn't know they were still around. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> I was like, wow. Like, I didn't know, like, like. Like, who's ever running Shasta now? It's like, we can... You're in the S's? <laughs> You're in the S's. If one of the people you say next is Tab... <laughs> I'm going to be shocked. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So, anyways, I just I threw Shasta in there, not because they're they're horrible people, but just because I thought it was funny. It's just I didn't know that was still hilarious. Thing. Yeah. You know, somebody at Shasta was like, we're right up there with Nestle yeah. and Red Bull and We've Kellogg's. got $52 left from the 80s. Let's sponsor the A&D. <laughs> we're down to our last. What should we do? Well, we could send a six-pack to them. That's last of our inventory. Shasta. Shasta. All right. All right. So... I didn't look into this, but they actually have the exact amount listed for all of these corporate sponsors. Mm. I didn't see six pack from Shasta, so no offense <laughs> to them. But this does not include the A and D Foundation. Remember at the very beginning, I said people. that they had this, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, we're going to do this other, yeah, sure. you know, this other uh, nonprofit organization." And the A and D Foundation mm -hmm. um, was is to help people and da, 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 and do research. Well, it's getting its own corporate sponsorship. For instance, the foundation received more than two million each year from corporations, and this represented more than sixty-two percent of the we're going to call them ADF. That's the A and D Foundation revenue. And from two thousand to two thousand fifteen, there was over fifteen million dollars donated to the foundation, and it was uncovered that more than six million of that were actually just transferred to A and D members so in other words the what? foundation we have a totally separate company donate to this honorable cause over here and we're gonna do research and then you give me 15 million dollars and i go here's six million dollars eric would you like that so in 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 a little bit of uh uh i don't know an illustrative move here or twice you've made long reference on how they have rewritten rules they've restated a new mission 
about what it is that they're going to do. And then we've uncovered that it's all just bullshit. At the very beginning, when they when you read off what the foundation was for, it was for scholarship. Yeah. And you just said that six million of what it was it fifteen or sixteen million of it went to members. And I will say that the distribution may have been used for scholarships and research grants and okay. fellowships and other things. Just but getting some clarification. But they that. but they don't know because it was creepy. Yeah. That one company just went here's six million dollars. One hundred percent. It's very. Creepy. It's just creepy. Yes, like if your if your sole mission is to give scholarships, why don't you just give the freaking scholarships? Well, on top of that, I mean, everybody knows that if, if for every dollar that you give to any particular charity, no matter how noble they are, there's operational costs, and then there's of course administrative costs and whatever. What's the percentage of the six million that once distributed actually reaches said target of scholarship? I have a creepy feeling that it's not. Certainly not even eighty percent of whatever that bullshit is. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just look, man. If you're just gonna be like, if all that other stuff I already said, yeah. And they're like, no, but we really did that. Like, how can we believe any of it? At yeah, this I don't point? believe any of it. Uh, there was this program started called the Champions Program, which granted funds to organizations to support promoting healthy eating and active lifestyle for children. So they said, we're going to do a champions program. Let's teach kids how to eat right. Uh, General Mills Foundation provided an additional $2 million to get that up and running. So the champions program, which summed over $7.5 million total, and these are just some contributions, but there's multiple documents showing that they're full. Once they got these contributions, how are they doing an investment portfolio when they say they're supposed to be doing all this other stuff? I don't know. Their full investment portfolio included multiple pharmaceutical companies. Oh, see if these sound familiar. Abbott, Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, Allergan, Merck. And of course, multiple food and beverage companies like PepsiCo, PepsiCo. Nestle, Smuckers, which I didn't see Smuckers on that list, which is fun. I probably stopped at Shasta laughing too hard. I didn't go to the SM. <laughs> yeah. It's possible. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah. So, the, um, so now we've got corporate co-opting through the academy. All right. So remember that the A&D, so all of that already seems icky, um, but remember that the A&D certifies the U.S. professionals and develops content for continuing professional education. The program that you went to, FINCI. Yeah. And as a requirement for certification, for certification is to build knowledge and advance nutrition careers, the A&D also publishes the Journal of Academy and Nutrition and Dietetics, a monthly peer-reviewed scientific journal. Mm-hmm. What they pointed out is in 2017, documents were uncovered that A&D CEO mentioned to some directors that she received an email from the president of the National Dairy Council concerned about A&D position on vegetarian diets published in the journal, and the email is quoted as this. I heard an earful yesterday on the phone from Gene as the president of the Dairy Council about our vegetarian position. Apparently, we had a line in it about dairy and meat. We didn't say anything in the paper that says don't eat it, uh, and we didn't have a strong vegetarian view or vegan, but she was saying that the Dairy Council is helping us with funding to elevate the academy, and it's so disappointing to see that. That's what she said. So basically, they did something on 
They wrote an article in 2017, and the Dairy Council woman contacts this person at the uh, at the A and D board. Says, "I'm disappointed that you said something to uh, avoid dairy and meat, but it wasn't even written that way, but it was implied, mm-hmm. right?" So, based on this one email, the original position paper on vegetarian diets, which was published in 2015. So, mind you, we're talking about an email. In 2017, the CEO was contacted. In 2015, when the article was published, was retracted at the request of the A&B Academy Position Committee, and they became aware of inaccuracies in the article. Okay. So it was retracted. So somebody went through the trouble of publishing this, uh-huh. and then off of one email, it's like, I'm disappointed. You did not speak highly of dairy. The whole article was retracted. Uh-huh. It's just that kind of manipulation. It's bullshit. This is a scientific, peer-reviewed journal. If it gets through, it stands the test of time. This is a this is actually a really cool example because I want to I want to use it to illustrate something. I actually don't have anything wrong with somebody who can tolerate dairy, consuming dairy, but what I don't like is that someone feels that they have influence over a peer, a supposed peer-reviewed For journal. Sure where they can flex and have something withdrawn because of a complaint on possibly having their feelings hurt per their industry. That's not the kind of influence you want either. Even though I might agree in principle with the Dairy Council, they really shouldn't have that influence over what I would hope is an altruistic mission for peer-reviewed publications. Yeah, I agree. So... The wonderful people like Susan Linke and Rachel Shear and Gabrielle Grandel, who are all fantastic dietitians, certified, that type of personality kept leaning on them. So they got a lot of heat. Good. And they continue to get the heat. So in 2014, you'll see that the timeline here is like, it's not linear. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, bouncing yeah. back and forth. Yeah. But- uh, in 2014, the A&D started the Sponsorship Advisory Task Force. This task force <laughs> produced recommendations, and it updated its guidelines for corporate sponsorship and these guidelines. I mentioned this in the very beginning is the overview. This mm-hmm. is more details about that. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they require that the sponsors, corporate sponsors, must follow the guidelines, and they must be required that the sponsor's vision and mission be aligned with the A&D's vision and mission and the product portfolio and investments should also be broadly aligned with the official a and d position so if you remember this was started in 2014 but that whole craft partnership took place in 2015 so yeah so right away so because of this a and d members would begin to protest this craft partnership and internal documents um started showing that the board of directors weighed the risks and despite the results of the external risk assessment, they decided to go ahead with the Kraft partnership. The board decided to accept Kraft as a national level sponsor with an unrestricted gift to kids eat right program. Okay. All right. So there were documents showing that many members were upset with the current direction of A&D. And in spite of this, our good friend, Donna Martin, remember her? Oh yeah. She's the CEO. She, well, she was the CEO at that time. And she's the one that was justifying the investment with Pepsi and mm-hmm. wanted to also buy Coke. Want Coke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so our good friend, Donna Martin, uh, who I just mentioned, started arguing that 
craft singles need to be considered healthy. Now, why do they need to be considered healthy? And here's why. She is quoted that we need to change the part that says that craft singles are not. Uh, basically, the FDA recognizes craft singles. If you look it up, like what is a craft single? And it's like processed. It's not even cheese. It's processed cheese something or other. Let's just see here. What so, is a what? What is craft single made? What of? are the ingredients in craft singles? What are the ingredients in craft singles? Here it says that they are milk, whey, which is a protein. One second. The um, FDA defines it. That it doesn't say it's cheese. Is what the FDA defined it as. It's a cheese thing. Yeah. Oh my goodness, the phone is not doing what I need to do. Let me get back to a better website. This one's not a good one. Okay, sorry. Sorry for the delay here. That's all right. Um, just, but just trust me that based on these internal discussions, craft singles are not recognized as like true food by the FDA. No, because it's not real. It's not considered real cheese. It's not real cheese. It's, it's hydrogenated oils and coloring, probably yellow number 11. My favorite yellow. <laughs> well, it has a, a natto in it. Uh, which of course is a food coloring. Uh, golly, this is, well, they, they don't make it easy to find. I'll, well, that's I'll, right. Just trust me on this, that these internal emails, basically Donna Martin is over here going, okay, these guys are spending a shit ton of money and they gave us an unrestricted gift to kids eat right program. You see where I'm going with this? Definitely. How do we get the food in the schools? Well, the way you get the food in the schools is you have people who get sponsored, and then you have other corporate sponsors like uh, Aramark Foods that you mentioned earlier yeah. to be the vehicle yeah. of our corporate partners. And since we are partners, you two should talk, and let's go ahead and then do this food education for children, and we'll create CEUs for people who are dietitians who handle children's food. Oh, I don't know. What could possibly go wrong with Fox guarding the hen house, which is exactly what's happening? So... Donna Martin is quoted that we need to change the part that says that craft singles would not meet USDA guidelines. Craft singles don't meet them, but the reduced fat singles will. Cause, Why? Because it's a loophole. Suddenly, crafts uh, fat-free singles is the loophole that can now be used to be recommended. Well, I would even argue that first, if craft singles is something that isn't great, I'm just using the principles of what we know about healthy fats, I would say that having something low fat would be worse. Of course. Yes. Stupid. So suddenly that thing that the USDA did not recognize, uh, craft singles, it's a, it's a, oh man, I should remember what it is. I found it earlier, but it was like, a, it's like a cheese-like substance. It's the weirdest thing. You would never eat one again ever. And by the way, I've made many, oh, um, you know, grilled cheese sandwiches using Kraft Singles. So I won't ever again. No. All right. So then, so she sends this out. And this is why there was so much anger towards the whole Kraft agreement. They're trying to feed the kids. The A&D is saying, okay, we're going to feed the kids and we're going to promote a cheese-like product, which is essentially those bad oils, right? So, while email communication was going on discussing the discontent of members, an email was uncovered by one of the board of director members suggesting 
that they need to hide their new agreement being negotiated with Monsanto. Why would they need to hide anything? To avoid any further criticism, this board member is quoted as, we are hearing from members to be dissatisfied with corporate sponsorship. This is a sensitive issue. Let's respect and hear them out. And please, let's not announce Monsanto anytime soon. This is from item that the uh, A&D Foundation, this is from, this is an item from the director at that time of the A&D Foundation, March 2015. So basically, they found internal documents going, well, everybody's pretty pissed off about craft. If we tell them that we went in bed with Monsanto, like right now, let's not, let's just not say shit about it. How well, about that? How, how about the irony of them acknowledging that they had backlash, they had pushback, and they used the phrase of, let's respect our members and not tell them what we're up to. That is the most, I mean, that's insane. There's, that's the least amount of respect is to give someone lip service and then completely do the opposite it's bullshit. So you're paying for that if you happen to be a member of this particular organization. And like I said from the very beginning, I have these same complaints with my own anesthesia groups. He has the same complaints for his own medical groups and GI groups. You, you run into these issues. So this is not singular dietitians. This just happens to be the one that we're dealing with today. Yeah, it just I I admire the investigative journalism, which is why I'm talking about it. And I think this could be a single-handed record. This is the most worked up I've been on a podcast. I think I said shit more times. I allow myself to say shit. I've got a lot of other words that I want to be using. Well, that's what these people are trying to feed us. I mean, that's what this is. That's exactly it. All right. So, conclusion to all of this. Uh, here the authors illustrate different ways in which the A&D and its foundation have interacted and continue to interact with unhealthy commodity corporations in a symbiotic relationship. It is. This is a national prominent professional association with high impact on the U.S. food and nutrition practice. Yeah. And they continue to have ongoing interactions with food pharmaceutical, and agribusiness corporations. They contribute financially to this organization, and they've got internal documents showing how they're being manipulated by them. So just a, a couple of key points. Number one, the foundation and the A&D A act as a pro-industry voice in policymaking, all the while these public positions clash with the A&D's mission. One more time. It's a pro-industry voice and helps in policymaking, and yet it is completely against their mission statement. The A&D leaders, number two, the A&D leaders had been involved in controversial decisions about corporate relationships and were not removed from their leadership roles despite public disclosure of their relationships. Number three, A&D has not required its board of directors to publicly disclose conflicts of interest. I mean, shit, every time we submit anything, I have to disclose any type of conflicts of interest. When you should. And they don't. All of this illustrates the extent to which corporate funding enables corporate influence at A&D specifically. Just like Eric's been talking about. 
But what other partners is this going on? I mean, for all we know, Monsanto's like, wow, they're getting pissed <laughs> off at the ten million we gave this. Yeah. I hope they don't look at the two billion, billion yeah. that we're giving this other policymaker. So what does this actually mean in a practical sense? Um, these this is a food research and diet authority. A diet authority that basically to this day hides financial facts and decisions remain secret. 100%. And so if I am a corporation and I know that I need someone to endorse my company's product, my company's process, my company's new direction, and I know that there is at least to some degree influence which can be purchased in an influential authority it would be insane not to exploit it, which is what every single one of these companies has done. They've essentially lobbied this organization to gain favor so that they talk favorably not only about them, but they institute them through children's food uh, programs and different things like that. But we're actually on the precipice of something now, which I think is going to be far worse for us globally. We saw this this last Fancy meeting where we saw people who were far more vocal about vegan diets and, and vegetarianism only and kind of shoving aside meat products and dairy products and, and uh, even eggs, basically trying to kind of set the stage for this is not a sustainable practice. You, you need those things. If you can't have them, you're not sustainable. These are the same companies which have forced out GMO seeds pesticides, herbicides, Monsanto, Archer Daniels, Midland, they're, they're definitely in that business. So if, <clears throat> what was what was the example you used earlier about, about Africa? There was uh, someone- Oh, they were sending, they wanted to send the scientific, the board of directors mm-hmm. to learn more about GMO in, 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 in Africa. For some reason, it was a specific email about sending them to Africa to learn about GMO. So, do, uh, so they were influencing that. We should, we should probably do like another podcast on this kind of stuff, but to illustrate why they do that, you go to a country that doesn't have a lot of economic resources. And what you can do, and some people may or may not know this story, but um, every single one of these gem- genetically modified seeds that is either owned by Monsanto, ADM, what have you, they own that genetic sequence on that seed. If that seed flowers in a plant on so-and-so's crop, whether this happens in the U.S. or in Africa or any other continent, international law allows them to say that those plants belong to them. Now, what happens if a seed germinates and flies over to somebody else's property that hasn't signed an agreement to grow those seeds or those crops? that's bullshit. That farmer technically now owes the yields of that genetically modified plant and the profit sharing back to Monsanto and ADM, and then by some type of patent law of some sort, they are scheduled to then use uh, the herbicides and the pesticides to grow those crops. Otherwise, they're in violation of some type of international patent I mean, law. Thank God there's things like the People's Court or Judge Judy where you can fight Monsanto yeah, or stuff like this. Basically, Wapner has been leading the way. <laughs> thank you, Ken. That's pretty much the whole gist of this is that. <laughs> but 
don't 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 uh, don't discount the the idea that cattle are somehow responsible for an immeasurable amount of methane production suddenly on planet Earth. Sorry, it's a bullshit narrative. It's not. Let's watch the language here, Eric. Yeah, I'm following your lead, Ken. <laughs> but um, but it's it, it's it's a narrative to scare you away from eating foods which you just simply have to consume to be healthy. If they're really that worried about it, then stop producing high fructose corn syrup, which is making us fat and super inflamed. The same with the high pressed seed oils, and then. Now they're moving into mealworm research. A lot of the companies that you listed here are also in cahoots with growing these large farms of indoor mealworms. They want this synthetic meat and synthetic chicken and synthetic fish to basically be proteins made from mealworms. It's not real meat. And how do they make it look like meat? They use emulsifiers. They use high-pressed seed oils. They give you inflammatory food and tell you that it's healthy. How do I know they're doing that? Ken has the research that shows that they are buying that kind of influence. This is who we turn to to get this kind of information. This is who we're supposed to be trusting, and they're for sale. That's what he's telling you. That's it. I mean, there's no other way to see it. And if you have ever wondered, I mean, I don't like learning that the authorities that we have have been for sale, but the truth is, is that it's there, and we need to know about it. It's just, yes. I, and, you know, I apologize, but this, man, I, this all, I was going to do a totally different podcast. And then I saw Rob Wolf's post and I shifted gears this morning. Instead of going to the gym, I did this. Yeah. And I was like, this has got me hot. Yeah, but you and know what? Every single one of y'all is worth it. Every, yes. Everybody who listens to the show, the patients are worth it. The people are worth it. We don't, you and I make zero dollars off of this show. It's just, it's always been fun. We can to make the more research. if you did that whole unbuttoning your shirt thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, <laughs> again, hairlesshosts.com. Anyway, I wouldn't even, you know what? I wish I had said that. Don't ever look that up. I have no idea what's there. I don't I already know. own the domain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that people need to know. I, I did not want to tell you about this because you are already so passionate about it mm-hmm. that it, it, it came through. You were, I mean, yeah, this is perfect. This is, this is a big man it is a big deal pisses me off yeah and we we reform comes from holding people accountable and and dietitians i mean ken and i have worked with several dietitians i know that this does not represent you no i know it doesn't represent and you you. said it at the very beginning how many people came to you and you're like we're unhappy very with these sponsors being 100 that's visual if they know about this yeah so we're going to send this to Susan for sure. And we're going to, and we know the other ones that we've had on the show. I mean, Rachel Shear is the healthiest person you'll ever meet. And she'll, she'll be like, are you kidding me? Yeah. They taught me that in school, but I don't, I don't have any of my clients do that. Okay. Uh, we made reference to this show before, but if, um, separate and apart from A and D, but if you ever wondered, uh, you know, Ken and Eric, are they barking up the wrong tree? Does that, does a corporation really have that much influence over what a regulating body would do or what a young student, med school student or nursing student would learn. Go to Hulu and look up Dope Sick. I think it's a seven or eight part series starring Michael Keaton. And in there, Ken and I both were taught the pain scale about assessing a patient's pain. And then when you watch Dope Sick, you will learn 
that the Sackler family, through Purdue Pharmaceuticals, created in the marketing department the pain scale and essentially assigned when you should prescribe their product, opiates, for that certain level of pain in order to get it under control. Another thing that we've all used, breakthrough pain. Breakthrough pain? Yeah. Marketing term. Marketing term. But we were taught that like it was normal vernacular in a healthcare setting. It's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. And the exact opposite of that, KBS Research, the company that I founded with my incredible team, Mm -hmm. Brandy, Mike, you, we founded this thing. And right now, what did we do? We re- did our mission, not even a mission statement, we did our why. And our why is very important. And everybody that we've hired on this team is incredible because we all live that exact same why. And it's about health. It's about staying true to ourselves. It's about developing products that are not just for financial gain. It'd be great, man. I would love to have a lot more money, but I would, I don't know how you do this and wake up. I don't know how you're a board member of this organization and wake up, look yourself in the mirror and go, yeah, I kind of know that these are bad for you, but I'm going to go out and tell everybody that they're good for you because we make a lot of money doing it. I'm gonna ask and you- I hope I never, I, and I just say this because I was talking to, um, uh, I was talking to one of our CRNAs and I said, I don't know what I'm capable of five years from now. So I want to say right now, this is what this is who I am and what's going on. Sure. And I don't know ultimately until you've actually pushed and you have different financial and things like that. I get it. So I'm not. I'm never going to say I would never do anything like that. But I would like to always stay true to that vision and at least raise my kids like this. At least while they're here, like don't don't sell your soul for this Money. bullshit that I just said. No. So, uh, just candidly, I'll ask you a couple of questions because I think it'll illustrate the difference that I think that you just tried to, to point out with KBS research versus all this other crap that we just talked about. Um, so, uh, KBS sold the first bottle in what year? Oh, of, two, of Autron Teal, correct? Oh, yes. In, in what year? Uh, 2015? 2015. Yeah. Um, how many different product ideas have we thought about and then attempted Oof. various clinical trials, uh, experiments, oh, different things like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably six, seven that we've gone like deep into. Deep into. Probably around 20 concepts, right? Uh, at least. But I'm talking six, seven that I've physically, physically tried. Done, 100%. Yeah. How many have we brought to market? Altrontil Pro. So two products. Yeah. If we were about just pushing out shit... We had the opportunity. We had the opportunity to collaborate with other people, which would have been a shortcut. Yeah. Everything that we've done has been because it's for the benefit of the person buying it. We've always had a hundred percent money back guarantee. And before we ever put it to market, it had been tested for safety first and second for efficacy results and everything else. Yeah. I mean that, that gets back to the SIBO box. I mean, that's ours because we have teamed up with such a stringent, reputable company that matches our product uh, manufacturing process, that I know what I know what's going in there, yep. and we know that I've seen it in my patients that the synergistic mechanism of those ingredients work together, and that's yeah, we wait. 
unlike the A&D, when we very first launched Autron Teal, we had a, uh, I shouldn't even say a complaint, but a concern about one of our very original ingredients when we had a very, very low run of our first product, but something that we weren't as aware of. Mm-hmm. Titanium dioxide. We did the research. We listened. If you want to consider consumers who are paying us for a product as members, we listened to our members who liked the results but were concerned. Mm-hmm. We found a way around it. It cost a little bit more. We didn't raise the price, and we made the change. That's the kind of representation that I think that people deserve in something that's supposed to be an altruistic organization that acts as an authority. Yeah. It's the same thing. Exactly. So. Exactly. So, I, you know, I apologize if this seemed a little bit ranty, but it should be ranty because it pissed me off. Yeah. Well, other than that, we've had a pretty good day here at uh, the Gut Check Project. <laughs> I literally, so I wake up really early and I have my whole morning routine. I try and live what I tell my patients to do. And as I'm reading this article, I was just like, oh, this is going to get Eric worked up. <laughs> circling stuff and writing notes and doing all that. So so if you're trying to find the ingredients, the the real ingredients in either Velveeta cheese or Kraft Singles, apparently it's really difficult. I've gone through like five <laughs> different articles and they all make reference that knowing exactly what's within it is very difficult to find. Other than that, it sounds pretty good. It's lots of cheese-like substances. Yeah. It says that it's old cheeses and new cheeses blended together with different kinds of emulsifiers, which is just how grandma used to make. Anyway, (laughs) that'll do it for episode number 94. Thank y'all so much for enduring this. Please like and share, like and share. Thank y'all so much for the comments. Um, We've got, we've, we've received actually some other um, comments to to talk about high press seed oils. We actually were putting certain things together, but this actually kind of fell into Ken's lap today, apparently. Yeah. And I want to thank both Rob Wolf for noticing it and Max Lugavere. Both. I admire those two guys so much. They're incredible uh, influencers and always on the right side of health. So keep up the good work, guys. Love what you guys do. Definitely altruistic for sure and their mission. So thank you all very much. Episode 94. That's a wrap for this episode of the Gut Check Project. And we appreciate you for being a part of it. Be sure to follow us on your favorite platform for podcasts. You can find the GCP on Locals, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Rumble, and more. And you can always check out gutcheckproject.com to find all episodes and interact with the show. Tell your friends and family not to wait to get gut checked.